Hello, everybody. It's Friday, July the 10th. You're listening to the Grains Matter Chatter podcast presented by Northcore Grains. My name is Jeffrey Guy. I'm a grain merchandiser here at Northcore Grains. And today I'm joined by Dolores Foster, also a grain merchandiser here at Northcore Grains. Um, so on the agenda day, we are going to talk about the markets. We have our are really exciting our first uh guest here on grains matter chatter so we're going to talk to him about some of the crops what we can see here in eastern ontario and then a little update from the elevator here so without further ado i'd like to introduce our special guest chris olbach from thanks for having me guys yep. from pioneer yeah and so chris uh you're the uh agronomist rep for eastern ontario right yep so i work oh, with pioneer me, chris remember you're not just our special guest you're our first special <laughs> guest so that makes you specially special wow yeah no i digress i uh so yeah i'm the area agronomist for for eastern ontario i cover the rural routes uh from belleville to the quebec border and up through renfrew anywhere there's farmland so yeah wow, it's a pleasure to be a, here today thanks a lot for on the road <laughs> yeah. yeah it can be you see a lot in a day for sure yeah <laughs> i think that's a good way to spend your day <laughs> yeah oh for sure yeah so chris what are you seeing in uh, crops here in eastern ontario let's uh Let's talk about corn and soybeans mostly. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, you know, as I said, you know, you cover a lot of area in in a day, and and it really depends uh, a lot about where where you are geographically. Some days, uh, you know, some some areas getting a little bit more more rain than others, and you know, I don't need to tell you guys or any of our listeners that, but uh, uh, some of the things you notice, right? Uh, just just when you get up earlier in the mornings. Uh, the corn looks looks excellent, but as the further we go on the day without moisture, uh, things start to curl up and wrap up a little bit, uh, and it's uh, starting to starting to get to that period where it's getting a little long in the tooth uh, to to be seeing that. So hopefully uh, yeah. we get some moisture along it's the way. Probably soon. a good yeah. idea to just stay at home in the <laughs> afternoon. Eh? <laughs> Sometimes you feel that way for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think on the plus side, the weather forecast is looking somewhat promising for the weekend. <laughs> Some higher, for sure. higher percentages of yeah. rain coming. So hopefully that will bring it around. But the root system on corn, it must be massive for the corn to be still growing with this lack of moisture coming. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, and it is, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, things are things are still moving along. We're getting, you know, plenty of heat during this time. And, and, and the corn is certainly uh, moving along towards uh, the reproductive stages. So we're going to want to see some moisture, uh, some somewhere along that time frame. But, uh, I think the root, the corn's in a good de- defensive position to, to keep handling that, uh, as long as it needs to. Right. Um, and it, and, you know, it depends where you are in a lot of cases and what you've got for moisture, but, uh, that's, that's what I'll say about corn. One, one thing I will say though, is I'm seeing a lot of excellent looking fields of soybeans mm-hmm. out there in sure. Eastern Ontario for sure. So and so the soybeans, are you seeing much difference between no-tilled soybeans or uh, conventional tilled soybeans so far this year? Yeah, that's something that, that you could definitely notice uh, earlier on. Uh, I'd say, you know, as things have, have, have progressed, uh, you know, you, you can pick out those differences a little a little less. But uh, yeah, de- there's definitely some, some, some interesting differences there between um, uh, the canopy that has developed and how early we were able to get in. So... Uh, one of my trials is a planting date study in St. Isidore there where we went in April 25th on a conventionally tilled field and then and then again on May 13th. So we got a bit of a planting date study there. But you'll, you'll notice there's really, between those planting dates, no difference in when things are starting to flower. And, and we're really getting to the to the peak of that uh, time frame in soybeans right now, for sure. Yeah. So soybeans were, uh, say, some great looking crops. 
fungicides on soybeans. I know here on the farm they've been spraying fungicides this week, but uh, what's your feelings about fungicides? For sure, yeah. So it's it's a question I've been getting quite a bit, and you know, with with a lot of the uh, the soybeans out there, um, you know, you know the, we've set the stage for a, a really good crop, and I think uh, it it's part of that management strategy going forward for sure. Uh, so, uh, soybean fungicides, and um, so so just yesterday. Um, was out in some some soybeans that were at about you know that r2 stage so just starting to see flowers progress up the plant from the bottom of the canopy into those top upper three nodes that's really where we want to look at uh at applying a fungicide um you know and the the people often talk about uh drier weather having an influence i I think you know for sure it does um it's part of that that uh disease triangle that uh, we know but um, I think, you know, things could change quickly here. And if, if we do get moisture, uh, we want, it's about protecting the beans that are there um, when you use a fungicide. So um, we're, if you're, a lot of times if you're in that, uh, you know, the first pass has already been uh, been done in, in this case because, you know, er, the early first pass, but uh, there's still opportunity to do uh, an R2.5 kind of time frame application. So there was uh, definitely some farmers I've spoke to we're talking like holding off on fungicides because they were worried about moisture, mm-hmm. waiting for moisture. Sure. Yeah. So if we get that nice soaking, soothing rain this weekend. <laughs> I think there's people drooling now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get that moisture yeah. this weekend. Mm-hmm. Next week, can they go out on the, would it be too late for spraying fungicides or well, the one, the one pass system still work then or? I think yes, that that's where your your mind needs to head. Um, a lot of, a lot of the people who have used fungicides say they you know really you got to focus on rotation and history of the field, right? If you've if you've had white mold before, uh, they're already doing that that early pass, and they perhaps they've already got it on. I know some growers that have, um, but a, a single pass at a high rate of, of uh, picoxystrobin or acapella or uh, you know or, or or any fungicide that uh, you're using. Uh, can be done still at that time frame, and I think it's it's going to be imperative if if we do get that shot of moisture that might might shoot us uh, into white mold uh, territory there. So that uh, shot of moisture, it's going to make the soybeans grow like anything. But uh, the weeds that are out there, is a weed many weed escapes this year in the soybean fields. Like I'm just kind of wondering, can we mix some Roundup or something with the uh, fungicide? Generally, you know, it's, it's a really good point. You know, you mentioned about, uh, no-till, uh, versus conventional, right. And, and if you're, if your canopy struggling at all, there might be some, some weed escapes or, or certain things, or maybe, maybe the, uh, the chemistry you were using didn't quite work with some of the drier weather. Um, you know, you're going to want to be looking at that, but I, I would caution you just in close, you know, getting towards that, uh, that flowering time frame. We really got to focus on what the label suggests for, for a lot of those herbicides, I, uh, you know, as when we get to that R2.5 kind of stage, which is where we're approaching, we really don't want to think about uh, using a herbicide around that time because some of the surfactants can, uh, can get, um, become troublesome that way. Um, but yeah, so definitely, you know, there's some cases where there's, there's weed escapes and and that sort of thing, but, uh, we're going to have to pick and choose what we can do going forward. And I think fungicide is is a big, important part. So yesterday here at the office, uh, I had a visit by one of our customer day sponsors, Brad King from Alpine. Mm-hmm. And uh, though I didn't really talk to Brad about this, seems a good time. If we're going to spray with fungicides, what about some uh, foliar feeding? 
of those soybeans. For sure, yeah. So like on muck soils and, and sandy light soils, you might be seeing some manganese deficiencies or magnesium or, you know, there's there's some, some of those uh, situations where you might be noticing some of that. It's definitely uh, an option to, to tank mix with a fungicide. I, I wouldn't add more than two products um, at, per application, but, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely an option for sure as we head forward. So you have any other questions about soybeans, uh, Dolores? Not really. <laughs> right on. I, they're definitely looking a lot better than than you would expect out there. But I mean, soybeans bounce back pretty pretty easily, right? So I, I think we should take a couple minutes to talk about wheat. That uh, winter wheat harvest is right around the corner. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Yeah. What, what are you seeing in the wheat fields here? I know yeah. Pioneer does sell winter wheat also. Yeah, we got some winter wheat out there. Uh, definitely towards the the Brinston area, there's some really nice looking fields. It, it, it has got dry. And, you know, like I said before, we're looking at probably like we're getting like 32, 33 Ontario corn heat units a day for, for corn. That That's definitely, uh, you know, the, the base temperature is a little lower in wheat, but it's definitely moving wheat along quickly too, right? And that that's kind of slowed uh, the time frame that we have for grain fill, but uh, you know we're looking down in that area. There's some really good looking winter wheat, and there might be some in other areas of the province as well. Uh, but we're just gonna have to you know manage our expectations for 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 harvest, and I think you know really watch uh, the moisture on that wheat because it'll it'll start to drive down pretty low soon here if if uh, the the dry weather persists manage your expectations for wheat winter wheat oh i i hate to hear that you know like i have a bunch of winter wheat in the ground and uh, i have to admit i've already managed my expectations i'm not uh maybe a it, reevaluation is needed <laughs> looks good from the road but maybe not quite so many heads once we get into it yeah. so it's uh but uh where do you see harvest time on the winter wheat here on the stuff you've looked at recently a lot of times I, uh, I put ourselves, you know, growing up in Southwestern Ontario, they're usually a couple of weeks, uh, later than when, when we get going at, uh, uh, back, back in Southwestern Ontario there. But yeah, I, it's hard to say I was out in somewhere you get some dry knolls there and, uh, the wheat's pretty well ready to be harvested. And, uh, we've got some more time yet before I'd, I'd say about a week, week and a half here before we really start thinking about doing that. So for sure. So people that are uh, thinking about doing a, a burn down of Roundup in their weed, if they had some weed, es- weed escapes or whatever, or yes, yep. just even making the combining nice on everything being dead, it's yep. that's that's going to be pretty soon, right? Probably close after this moisture that's coming this weekend. Got to keep talking about rain. We say it enough <laughs> times, it, it has to happen. Yeah, so. no, I, I think it's a great... Great point. If if you do have some some tough perennials there, it's a great time to hit those um, because as we transition into the fall here going forward, uh, they'll they they're starting to to look at driving root reserves down. So if you if you do want to get some glyphosate out, it's a good time to is to do it. Uh, you know after wheat or or, or pre harvest, uh, and you really got to pay attention to the peduncle. It's a you know it's a, a term where like you look at the main stem and you'll see there's a, you know, just below the head, there's a, if it's starting to yellow there along the stem, that's where the peduncle is. And that's kind of your trigger for when to do that application. Good advice. I might have to, uh, I'll have to try to use that myself. You might have to go for a walk in your field, Jeff. (laughs) That's the big thing. Going for a walk in your field. I'll be outstanding in my field. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, I think, uh, you know, we want to thank you, Chris, for your insights today. Uh, we really appreciate you coming in Certainly. and taking time. Remember, you are you're very special. You're our <laughs> first guest. Very <laughs> first guest. You're specially special. Pretty not so, bad, yeah. You're pretty excited about this, Jeff. I think we're gonna have to have some other <laughs> special guests on too. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. I love what you guys are doing here with the podcast, and I hope you keep you guys keep it up. We will. So once again, we want to thank you, Chris, and I'm sure we'll have you on again. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks. So Jeff, I uh, I think we should probably talk about the markets. So what do you think? Very important. Always have to talk about the markets. Uh, new crop corn was down about $3 for the week. New crop soybeans down $5. On the positive side, uh, winter wheat had a nice rally this week. Uh, between the soft and the red, it's up uh, $8 to $10 for the week. And uh, spring wheat... Uh, kind of lagged behind but it's also positive about two dollars for the week so corn soybeans down wheat up okay and last week we talked about the usda report that was released and there was one at noon today too as well isn't that correct yeah so last week it was the big uh, the acreage report where the usda threw a couple big surprises on reduced corn acres and uh, not as many soybean acres as they were thinking and so today's report is the monthly stocks report. Uh, no big surprises today, but they uh, they have changed the stocks to relate to uh, the decreased acorn acres from the last report. Mm -hmm. uh, the big thing today, they did not did not change average yield projections. That's right. Uh, I think they've only changed the corn one something like three or four times in the last 20 years with this report. So mm -hmm. they stayed the course and uh, did not change them. So this report should really be considered not really much of a market mover at all for corn, soybeans, and, uh, and wheat on there. Okay. But there was some other big things happen. Yeah, I was just reading um, about China. <laughs> we love talking about china don't we seems every week we have to talk about china and it's funny you talk about china because this morning mm -hmm. i read a report that uh just said what i talked about last week possible chinese repercussions to the states on the u.s putting sanctions against some of their high-level diplomats because of how china's treating ethnic minorities in their country and what they've done in hong kong but right. then, lo and behold, the big news today from China. They bought a whole bunch of corn, didn't they? They bought a record amount of corn. That's right. The USDA today said China bought 1.365 million tons of corn. 1.365 million tons. It's the largest single-day purchase in 25 and a half years, going back to December of 1994. So a little over half of that corn is old crop corn and the other half is, uh, or just under half is new crop corn. So that's a... That's pretty significant. That's big news. Major purchase. Yeah. The market, uh, really the market should be rallying just based on that news that China is stepping up to purchase corn. This of course is part of the phase one trade agreement between China and the US and... Yep. For China to meet their commitments on that agreement, they need to purchase corn. They can't just, they can't buy enough soybeans and they sure are not purchasing enough soybeans to meet the, meet their commitment in the dollars. Not yet anyways. They also purchased a bunch of wheat. 
in this uh, today, they purchased 130,000 tons of hard red winter and 190,000 tons of hard red spring wheat. So this also, those purchases will also go against that phase one trade agreement. So really it's a, a positive thing when China purchases. Yeah. And these large amounts makes it very positive. Yeah. And I was reading too about phase two to watch out. Of course, we never know what's going to happen between Mr. Trump and China. So we'll have to see how that plays out as well. Well, and that's, yeah, you never know with uh, President Trump what's going to happen. So uh, we could talk about that until we're both blue in the face. But I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah. But we also have to talk still this week about uh, Canada-China relations. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really seen anything come out of China against us since uh, our government put a couple little sanctions because of what China's against China and Hong Kong because of what China's doing in Hong Kong. Right. However, I did read uh, twice this week, two different places, China reserves their right to do whatever they want against us because of what we're being so tough against them. Right. It's, just a joke but it's uh so not not much has changed really nothing's really changed just lots of (laughs) lots of talk so uh so it's the market's really uh it is a weather market in the u.s part of the uh, good part of the corn belt still is remaining hot and dry Mm -hmm. but today it's hot and dry here and it's hot and dry (laughs) here but like today prices are down so Really, the the market should be rallying based on China and the hot, dry forecast. So yeah, we're gonna have to keep a, an eye on things for sure over this next week and and see where things go. But we know the weather forecast for our area. How does that look for the weekend? Well, I well, I'm not sure if everyone saw Jeff and Brian's little rain dance on Twitter there, but uh, we're hoping that some rain's coming our way, and I hope rain comes your way too, because I think we're all kind of in the same boat even though there's no water to to ride a boat right now so (laughs) well we we want rain maybe not quite that much rain no but uh i figure brian and i if we this rain comes on i'm sure we could do a weekly rain dance no problem uh yes i'm sure you could (laughs) i'd like to thank the people on uh, twitter i think shelly mcphail there i think i read on twitter how much he liked our rain dance yeah we're big fans of Shelly here, aren't we? <laughs> Shelly makes the best cookies, if people don't know. And maybe I shouldn't have said that on our podcast, but she does. So I know when I was delivering our thank you gift from Customer Day, when I dropped it off at uh, Shelly's there and Harold's, I made a little trade. Did you? What Got did some, you trade? Well, I traded the our gift bag for some cookies and a brownie. Oh. So. Two brownies. You lucked out because you got to to deliver there, yeah. No, we've had some actually really awesome feedback. Thank you to everyone that's given us some feedback on our on our uh, contracts and our our uh, little gift bag, kind of in lieu of the ribs this year. And um, it's been great getting out to see people. I know we've both been out, right, Jeff and uh, Bob Orr as well. And it's just been it's been great. I've really enjoyed my days on the road, and we're almost done. I think we have. Two more days, maybe, and we'll finish everything up. Yeah, we should finish up Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I also want to thank the contributors to the gift bag, uh, a bunch of our normal suppliers and that here at the, yeah. the elevator and the farm. And, you know, we couldn't put together that gift bag without them. Without them, that's right. We we kind of thought, like, what should we do? And then we, we talked to the guys that we deal with on a daily basis. And 
they all pitched in. It was fantastic. Yep. They did a great job. So we're looking forward to seeing the last few customers here at the start of next week on delivering the gift bags. And we'll hopefully we'll be taking umbrellas out. We'll still be getting some extra rain from it will carry over from the weekend. Fingers are crossed. Early in the new week. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think actually that's pretty much all we have for today. What do you think, Jeff? Sounds good to me. I want to thank everybody for listening once again. We look forward to uh, tuning in again next week. Yep. Bye for now. Goodbye.